Sewer Ninjas is dedicated to solving your home sewer issues with the latest no-dig sewer repair technology to minimize cost and disruption. They can repair your sewer lateral line with minimal intrusion, saving you thousands. When you need help, turn to the drain and sewer experts for Milwaukee and the surrounding communities. Give Sewer Ninjas a call, 414-250-8605. Once again, that's 414-250-8605. Find out more at SewerNinjas.com. The NFL and college football dominate today's podcast. It's time for the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Sewer Ninjas. Let's go. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in. It is the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Sewer Ninjas. I'm Don Wachillas. Thank you so much for logging in and joining us, whether you've done so on Google, Spotify, Apple, or any of the other platforms that we currently reside on. Glad to have you with us on what is a Wednesday as we put this podcast together. We've got Obviously, some Packer news to get to. It's strange to be talking about the Green Bay Packers not in association with the NFL playoffs, which wildcard weekend begins on Saturday. But again, we've got Packer news. We'll get to it. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL wildcard weekend coming up. Want to talk about some of the coaching vacancies that we have in and around the NFL. And then a little bit later in the podcast, we will get to what was the national championship in college football. Turned out to be not much of a game between Georgia and TCU. However, I will say with college expansion coming up, with the playoff expansion on the horizon, there's light at the end of the tunnel where games like we saw on Monday probably won't be taking place here in the near future. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's start with the Green Bay Packers. And so on Monday, we spent some time venting. We spent some time venting about the loss, and one of the things that I really focused in on was the fact that there was just a lack of discipline by the Green Bay Packer defense. In that, they looked like they were trying to be bullies on the elementary schoolyard. And it cost them, and it cost them big. And sometimes, narcissistically, you wonder, you know, is are, are people listening to this podcast because Zach Krause of the Packer Wire had a story regarding just that. And the headline reads, Packers coach Matt LaFleur, huge emphasis to be placed on player discipline in 2023. Great. I think that's outstanding. You saw what you saw, and we need to make an adjustment. My problem is we saw that throughout the season. Where was the adjustment? Where were the discussions? Where were the discipline tactics that an NFL coach has? Where were they during the season? And that would be my first question to Matt LaFleur. 
Where was it during the year? Now, as a head coach, you get pulled 15 different ways. You're, you know, you're heavily into the offensive uh, play calling. I, I, I get all of that. But you also have this staff that you need to rely on. You hire that staff as an extension of you. And someone within that staff needed to see that the Packers were not doing what they needed to do from a discipline standpoint. Now, discipline doesn't always have to be punitive. Discipline is about working with players to see how their mistakes are costing. And granted, early in the season, mistakes get made, but when they continue throughout the season, something is lacking. And what we saw on Sunday night were those same errors happening again and again that cost the Packers now a chance to be in NFL wildcard weekend. So here's the quote from Matt LaFleur. There's going to be a huge emphasis, I would say, going into next season about how we handle ourselves. Not only does it look bad, but it hurts the team. We can't have it. You're absolutely right. You can't. But we've seen it all season long. And that, to me, is the frustrating part. Rasul Douglas, again, gets the 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty for hitting a Lions player. But that skirmish was initiated by Douglas, who decided to walk down the line of scrimmage and try to grab the ball out of the center's hand while the Packers' sideline was calling a timeout. Quay Walker, as we know, gets ejected from the game because he pushes a medical trainer. Again, this bully mentality that the defense had, but it wasn't warranted. You were not a team that was going into Sunday's game at 14-2, and 13-3. and three. You were a team fighting for your playoff lives. And one of the things that you needed down the back half of the season, the back quarter of the season, was to have the proverbial ball bounce in your direction, and it did. You play the Bears. You're losing to the Bears. The Bears implode. You get the win. You go to Miami. You play the Dolphins. Tua, it appears, some point during that game gets another concussion, throws a bunch of interceptions, gives you the opportunity to get the win. Now, when I say that, you still have to earn it. The Packers earned that win, but they got the breaks necessary. And then you get that Minnesota game where everything seemed finally to come together. The offense ran the ball, which then set up the pass, and you put a ton of points on the board defensively the scheme was there you're flying around everything was in play and you shut down the Minnesota Vikings who dominated in the NFC this year special teams was outstanding and then we get to Detroit in all of the mistakes that we made at various times throughout the season especially in the beginning of the season again reared their ugly head The Packers this year had eight unnecessary roughness penalties. They had two players this year disqualified and an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Rasul Douglas led the team with eight penalties this season, two of them for unnecessary roughness. That tells you something right there. Somebody has got to be the leader on this team, and Matt LaFleur, that's you. You're the coach. You get compensated very well. You understand, or well, I'll say it this way, you'll forget more football than I'll ever understand or learn. From an X's and O's standpoint, 
from a schematic standpoint, from how the business is run, from all of those various areas within the world of football, you will forget more than I will ever learn. However, it's more than that. There's a leadership component to being a head coach. And whether it was you, your coordinators, your assistant coaches, whoever it was, because, again, they are an extension of you. That's why you hire them. You trust them to do their job in order to do what you need to do. Somebody wasn't doing it. So while you move into next year, you need to evaluate some of your coordinators. We talked about that on Monday. And you also need to maybe take a peek at some of the assistant coaches because somebody wasn't doing what they were supposed to do and it all ends up falling on your shoulders. And you need to think about that. It, it, it's, it's tough to think about, but it's necessary. So with all of that said, let's take a quick break. On the other side of the break, I want to know with all of the NFL coaching vacancies currently at hand, which team makes the most sense if you were going to take a head coaching position? We'll talk about it right after we take a quick timeout. vacancies and it's amazing how many of them all revolve around quarterback play so if you were to take the Arizona job you inherit Kyler Murray is that good or bad Kyler Murray is an absolute talent but there's been these question marks about study habits and commitment and things of that nature you go to Indianapolis you need a quarterback right Whether you draft one, you pick up one in free agency, you need a quarterback. If you go to Carolina, what do you need? A quarterback. The only spot that has really outside of Arizona their quarterback in place, and that's Denver. How do you handle Russell Wilson? Is handling Russell Wilson a possibility? These are the things that are going to come into play. And then I I have to go here. If you are the Chicago Bears and possess the number one pick and have Justin Fields at quarterback, I I, I can't wait. It's going to be must-see TV because I'm waiting for the Bears to screw it up. Like I, I am truly waiting for the Bears to screw it up. And if they screw it up, you might find a coaching vacancy there sooner than later. And then let's jump to L.A. We're starting to hear now in L.A. that we could see a coaching change, that we could see the fact that the L.A. Rams are going to be looking for a head coach because the head coach there right now is wondering whether or not he wants to go through this rebuilding process. And listening to some of the national shows was was amazing in the last couple of days because 
All you heard last year was this is the new way to go about doing business in the NFL. The heck with draft picks. Get rid of them all. You don't need them. Bring in talent. Bring in the all-stars. Look at L.A. They're a bunch of all-stars. They're going to win it all. And they did. They did. And I'll go back again. Minus an interception opportunity by the 49ers that was dropped. Had that interception occurred, it would have been the 49ers to the Super Bowl, not the Rams. But as we said in the last segment, the ball has to bounce certain ways, and it did in the Rams' favor. And now Sean McVay's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go through this. Because we saw what happened this year. I got a five-win team coming off of a Super Bowl. I've got a bunch of veterans who are getting up in years. I got a bunch of veterans who now are making a ton of money, which means I don't have a great deal of cap space in that organization. I have an organization that does not have a first-round pick that this year doesn't pick till the 38th overall in the second round. It's got one in the third round at 69. They have nothing in the fourth and fifth rounds, and then they don't pick again till the sixth round at 181. I've got a quarterback who's starting to get up in years with Matthew Stafford. You hang on to Baker Mayfield? Can you build around Baker Mayfield? That's a decision that needs to be made. The Rams are about to go into a rebuilding mode, and I kind of got sidetracked there for a moment because the national pundits, as I said last year, were all about, oh, all-stars. Got to put all-stars on the field and the heck with draft choices. And now I'm hearing them say, these same individuals say, you know, what if we trade an Aaron Donald and get a bunch of draft choices? And what if we trade a Matthew Stafford and get a bunch of draft choices and begin rebuilding? Be careful with some of the pundits that are out there because they flip on a dime. These are the same individuals last year who said you don't need draft choices. You bring in superstars. You win now. You'll figure it out as you go. Well, the window was there. You took advantage of it. You won the Super Bowl, and now the window is slammed shut on you. And now you're looking at an L.A. Rams team that could suffer for the next five years at least. Because Matthew Stafford's not going to be there for five years. He's just not. He's got his ring. He's been injury prone. And I say that not because he's been injury prone because by any means he's weak, but he spent all those years with the Lions getting thrown around like there's no tomorrow. And he's been banged up quite a bit. I'm sure during the summer when no one is playing football, getting out of bed being Matthew Stafford is quite difficult for the amount of bumps and bruises and breaks and tears and everything else he he got while playing with the Detroit Lions. So you've got a team that needs to rebuild, and you have no capital to do it with, with the exception of getting rid of now these stars that you were so happy to get in order to get draft choices. And so the Packers, you know, they get hammered quite a bit because they want to build through the draft. And, yes, there are times when we pull our hair out wishing they would get a veteran or two to come into the mix, but you see why they do what they do. Now, outside of this year and all of the things we've been talking about, they have been contenders. The Rams are in the midst of a rebuild. So in all of these scenarios – you have to step back and wonder which one is the most attractive. Now, there's only 32 jobs in the NFL. So even when Lovey Smith took the job down with the Texans, whose culture 
there in the front office has been just kind of a uh, of a mess over the last few years. Lovey Smith knew what he was getting into, but it's one of 32 jobs. You take it. All of these jobs obviously are going to get filled, but it's going to be interesting to look at what becomes the most attractive job based on the person. And so, again, I'd ask you, and we can't have a a call-in, but if you had to choose, what would be your first choice if you were given that ability? All right, let's get to a break. On the other side, let's recap the college football championship game and talk a little bit why there is light at the end of the tunnel when we talk about expansion. We'll get to it in just a second. Sewer Ninjas is dedicated to solving your home sewer issues with the latest no-dig sewer repair technology to minimize cost and disruption. They can repair your sewer lateral line with minimal intrusion, saving you thousands. When you need help, turn to the drain and sewer experts for Milwaukee and the surrounding communities. Give Sewer Ninjas a call, 414 414- Two five zero eight six zero five. Once again, that's four one four two five zero eight six zero five. Find out more at sewerninjas.com. All right, let's talk some college football here as we wrap up this edition of the four one four sports podcast presented by Sewer Ninjas. And before we get into the college championship game that took place on Monday between Georgia and TCU, can we talk about the Badgers for a moment and what Luke Fickle has done? since arriving in Madison. Yeah, he's, you know, we we can talk about his coaching staff coordinators in the whole nine yards, but let's talk about it real quick from a recruiting perspective. The players he's bringing in, the numbers that he's bringing in, whether we're talking about at the high school ranks or through the portal, you have to, if you're a Badger fan, start to get a little bit excited about what we're seeing coming in And I think the competition that is going to take place for the various spots on the team. Luke Fickle in the transfer portal has brought in Tanner Mordecai from SMU. He's brought in Jake Renfro from Cincinnati, as well as Joe Huber from Cincinnati, both offensive linemen. We're looking at Jason, I I believe his last name is pronounced Mateer, from Boston College. Darian Varner from Temple at defensive end. And then Jeff Petrowski from Michigan State, a defensive end, outside linebacker, to go along with all of the others that he's recruited, uh, whether we're talking about high school athletes. There were 18 high schoolers that signed on. Uh, A couple of them we're going to see as walk-ons, preferred walk-ons. He's just really re-energized, I think, the recruiting aspect with regards to Wisconsin, which not only will it help on the field because what we're going to get to in a moment in that TCU-Georgia game is exactly what I'm talking about here with Wisconsin. It's about talent and bringing in talent to help compete against the various teams, obviously, in our case, within the Big Ten. And talent was probably the biggest common denominator as to why Georgia absolutely walked over TCU 65-7. to The talent differential between Georgia and TCU was evident. Now, the talent differential between Georgia and Michigan, Georgia and Ohio State, you can argue that, and I heard that argument being played out all day long on Tuesday. 
And it's funny because, again, those same people who are arguing that it should have been Ohio State, it should have been Michigan, had we been in our old system where the computer model and the AP and all of that picked the two teams, and had they chose Michigan or Ohio State, there would have been then the other half of the spectrum that would have said, what about TCU? What about TCU? Why not give TCU a chance? Nobody's respecting the Big 12. You know how that plays out. What we did know is that given three weeks, TCU out-schemed and out-coached Michigan in that semifinal game. Given one week, they did not have enough on the talent side to overcome what Georgia was going to do in that 65-7 to route. And there were times where it seemed as if TCU was playing not to make a mistake. In Georgia, after going down and scoring, their confidence took off, and Georgia had that, we've been here before, we know how to handle this, let's go, where TCU looked apprehensive. And they didn't have the athletic talent compared to Georgia to overcome that, and playing apprehensively when things fell in in, in the dark side, so to speak, when things went wrong, they pressed and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. I had a feel as if TCU kind of felt like that nightmare where you're falling into the hole and every time you're trying to climb out of it, you just keep falling deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's essentially what happened with TCU. Now, I will say this. With the expansion of college football, this is not going to happen next year, the year after. It's going to take a few years. But with the expansion of the college football playoffs, you won't get, you will not get a national championship game as lopsided as what we saw. When we get to this point and when these other schools now have an opportunity to compete in the playoffs, it will help recruiting. It will help disperse some of the talent that has been literally hogged (laughs) by Georgia Alabama, Clemson to a, to a degree, Ohio State, when other teams have the ability to make the playoffs, that talent pool will begin to disperse. My example, I get it. I've said it before. It's apples to oranges. But look at the NCAA tournament. Now, the NCAA tournament at 68, in my opinion, is way too much. But when they expand it to 64, we now see mid-major teams making runs when you get a team full of veterans in basketball seniors upperclassmen you're seeing teams that are considered to be quote-unquote mid-majors making deep runs in the tournament and making deep runs in the tournament against the proverbial blue bloods like duke and north carolina the same thing is going to take place in football and the reason i combine those two in my analysis, is that they're both one-and-done scenarios. People will argue that the college basketball tournament system does not necessarily uh, crown a true champion, but it's a one-and-done scenario. That's what football is. Football will never be the best out of three, the best out of five, the best out of seven. They don't do it at the professional level. It's one-and-done. Win this weekend? You advance. There's going to be a team that wins this weekend in the NFL that no one thought had a chance. And they're going to pull the upset. And they're going to be the talk of the town next week. 
The same thing is going to happen with college football. It'll take some time. The Alabamas, the Georgias, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, they're all going to be at the top for a few years still. But as more and more teams now are included, more and more teams are being invited to the party, we're going to start to see that talent pool dispersed. As it gets dispersed, that's what's going to bring a little more parity. And then give it five years, and you're going to have a playoff system in college football that will be talked about as much as we get with the NFL. So shout out to TCU. You did what you had to do. Yeah, you came up short, but you did something that a lot of teams wish they could do, and that was play for a national championship. There are a lot of teams that were sitting at home watching it just like I was, and you were actually on the field. And so that isn't great solace, I understand, because you took a drubbing, but you made it. And that's something to hang your hat on. Hey, shout out to South Dakota State as they beat North Dakota State on Sunday 45-21 to win the FBS championship. FBS, FCS. Uh, what happened to Division One, Division One a Division Two? Uh, there was nothing wrong with it, but now we got all these initials. With that, South Dakota State beating North Dakota State 45-21 to win the national championship in their bracket. All right, that will do it for us today. Thanks for logging in. Our thanks, as always, for Sewer Ninjas being a part of our sponsorship here on the 414 Sports Podcast. Enjoy the mid part of your week. We'll be back on Friday. We'll have the NFL wild card in our sights as we get into wild card weekend. We'll talk a little college basketball as well. Have yourself a great remainder of your week. I'm Don Wachillis. We out. (laughs) 